I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Laws number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, you get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic muscle. We give you more light, but no light weights. And I just like to encourage everybody once again to subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. And uh, we now there's a now a little portion where you can go and donate to this podcast and help us, uh, you know, begin to monetize this thing. You know, if I'm adding value. To your Masonic education, if I have provided further light and encouragement to not only want to study Freemasonry deeper and the origins of Freemasonry, but to also take control of your your health, then uh, please donate. Show us your support and buy me a cup of coffee. You know, this will at least guarantee that uh, I have enough caffeine in my bloodstream to keep me hyped up and keep doing this stuff, right? All right, today I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to start over here and introduce yourself, brothers. Who are you? And thanks for coming. Hello, this is Matt Jackson. And your station, brother. My station, I am an intern apprentice All right. Coachella Lodge. All right. Daniel Duardo here, Palm Springs Lodge 693. I'm currently sitting in the south as junior warden. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, like I said in the intro, I'm, I'm a past master, five-time past master, but I am the secretary. I've been relegated to like the far corner, not the northeast corner, the southeast uh, corner, and they just tell me to shut up and take notes. So anyhow, hey, we got a good one for you today, and the first thing we want to do is I hope everyone here had a good summer solstice, and we're going to talk about our summer solstice observance. So I'm going to hand it over to both of you guys. And I'm going to ask you guys. You guys were there. We were at the La Quinta Brewing yes. Company yep. at Palm Springs Lodge. And the cool thing was was that as we're getting ready to go and, and I'm waiting for Matt. And, you know, because we're going to carpool up there. Uh, it gets late. So I'm like, damn it. You know, I wanted to get there early and begin to welcome everybody. And, and as they come in and, hey, yeah, you know, thanks for coming. Go get yourself a beer. Get ready. Well, when we get there at 610 and what's the first thing we see? There's like nine people there already. And the majority of them are prospects. And so we're like, holy shit. You know what? Let's get this going. Let's go get our beer and let's start this. Because the plan was six to seven uh, social hour. And then seven o'clock, the the uh, session starts. But yes. that somehow kicked it, like kicked it to a new level. Seeing all those guys. So let me ask you guys, and let's go around the horn here. Let's start yes. with Daniel. We'll go that way. Uh, what were you know? What were the energy levels, Daniel, for for that day for the summer solstice observance? Well, I got there a little bit late because of work, but there were already about fifteen people there, and it was just buzzing. It was like a beehive in there. Everybody had a, a good attitude, good demeanor. Everybody was excited. And there were so many people that we broke up into groups. And uh, everybody had a different colored beer, which was cool. Everybody's trying the different variations that they've got on tap over there. And uh, there were some good conversations going. And I got pulled because uh, of all the different groups that we had. There was one that didn't have a Master Mason. So when I heard that, you know, I, I jumped at the chance to go join uh, Shane Arch, who's uh, one of our applicants now. 
um, to uh, join in their um, mini trivium discussion that they were having, which we were sitting outside and, you know, we're having a, a good discussion and people watching and sitting under the misters and having some beer and, <laughs> and you know, contemplating getting some food from upstairs. And it was, it was, uh, it was pretty good energy. How about you, Matt? What was the energy levels at? <clears throat> I agree with everything, you know, brother Daniel said, uh, you know, like we walked up and there was a table of, yeah, nine or 10 guys there with a past master and, and an EA, mm. uh, among them, you know, uh, attending, but also there waiting. So these, these guys were probably there earlier. The enthusiasm was palpable. Uh, you could definitely feel it. They, they, were, they were there. They were hungry. They were there. They were ready. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a great thing. So we had a plan. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna socialize a little bit and all this. But, and all that kind of went out the window, I think, because there was a lot of a, uh, anticipation. Uh, on their part, they're they're really looking to dig in, right? They've they've had these bones before, so they a lot of these guys they already know <laughs> what's coming, and so they they come with their with their A game, so they're ready to ready to dig in. So yeah, so <clears throat> we get there and we're gonna have uh, you know we had kind of set out that we're gonna have this little bit of a, a social hour, and that plan kind of went out the window. It was natural to just get started. It was that was the flow. The the flow was to just do the work that was there to be done. What about, okay, what about the engagement level? What, what did you guys see uh, as far as the, you were talking about the energy, what about the engagement level? One thing that I, that I experienced that was in my, in, in, from my point of view, was just phenomenal was that one of the prospects who's now as an applicant, Shane Arch, who's been on the podcast before, he was, um, at certain points kind of taking over as a moderator for the mini dis uh, trivium discussion group that we're having. And we started off as four of us, then there was five and then somebody else came by, then there were six and it kept growing. And uh, he basically took what he has seen as far as the way that we've been conducting them. And he jumped right in just like a natural leader. I mean, it, it was really nice to see kind of him take, not take over, but to kind of just step up as a leader and, guide the discussion and it was a, a, a very um, lively discussion that kept getting off track and he would pull it back in he would pull it back in every time somebody went on a tangent he would say oh that's great but and then he would bring us right back and mm. and uh it was mm -hmm. really really uh i was really impressed to see that matt well what did you see as far as uh, engagement levels so obviously i mean we can have high le level energy levels but maybe the engagement wasn't all there what did you see um <clears throat> i saw very high engagement i mean you know we we came in and, and sat down and they all mm. sat down around us they they drew their chairs in yeah tight I and mean, we didn't even get to unpack our stuff yeah to get set up before we didn't we didn't they're, have a chance they're, they're sitting there and ready and i think that was where the flow was like let, let, we're just we're gonna do let's this. just do this it. is happening right yeah, now yeah, this, this yeah. Is the, they're so ready let's yeah they're the audience is here. Let's perform. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, very, very, uh, enthusiastic. They were, they were, uh, ready. Yeah. They were just ready to, to engage. And I know that they, they didn't entirely know what was in store. And so that some of that mystery might've been the appeal for why they were so ready and, and willing to engage. And, um, having had these conversations with us 
in the past, usually we do them, when we do them in lodge, there's a, there's a kind of a rigid structure mm. that, that we have, right. you know, to do this. When we do this out in public, it's much more loose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't drink uh, in lodge when we do the, the trivium right. Uh, discussions, right? Because it is our, it's, we're there to educate ourselves, right? So uh, in this forum, where it's a little bit more casual, it's not nearly as rigid, uh, we don't have the controls, uh, you, you know, that we do have when, when we're in lodge. So um, I think all of that, it created kind of a relaxed atmosphere uh, where some of those brothers that are newer to this experience maybe can feel, or newer uh, prospects newer to this experience, they can feel a little more uh, comfortable and mm-hmm. a little bit more at ease because we actually had a first-time uh, participant uh, show up that night, right? So he actually got to experience in its this in its relaxed form and, and not its uh, uh, rigid form. Are you talking about uh, Steve Wallace? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes. yes. Okay. So it didn't seem to make a difference. The, the, the engagement level was the same. And, okay, energy levels, engagement levels. What about the quality of the conversation? What, what was the quality of the conversation like? It was no different. No different. You know, I was sharing with you earlier, you know, once... Um, you know, once we sat down at the table and I unpacked everything, like everything that was going on mm. in that pub disappeared. The only thing that was there was just, you know, me and the people that, that I was there with or, or, you know, us and the prospects that we were there with. That was, everything else disappeared from that room. And um, so, yeah. And, and something and something strange happened, right? And that is that, so we get there like at six ten. You know, we get enough time. We give ourselves enough time to order our drink, and we, we already know. Oh, we gotta engage. These guys are ready. There, there's no time for social. We gotta just do this. So we get our drink. We go over. Everybody, you know, we we shake hands or whatever. And then okay, let's get started. That was at like six twenty. So. All of a sudden, we realized that it was the way it was, uh, the music and people coming in and out. It was too dis- too many distractions. So, we, hey, when we took a, a quick break, hey, let, let's break off into groups. Let's have our moderators. Now we have three groups, and let's do let's do this. Okay. All of a sudden, the next thing I re- I I uh, remember is that the guy that was there, uh, you know, serving drinks, the guy that was running the store, hey, last call. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, like, whatever. I thought because he's seen him there. He's he has seen us there before, so I'm thinking he's just giving me shit. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I go serious. He's like, yeah, this is the last call. And I look at my watch, and it's 8:45. Yeah. So we were fully engaged for two hours, and time just passed by like this. Yeah. And yet we were there to observe a particular time of the year. Yes. <laughs> Hence why we're talking about this today we're just gonna it's a recap it already happened right the summer solstice holy saint john the baptist day but they were they were highly uh interested in learning and conversing about the summer solstice and the holy saint john the baptist day so why do you guys think this the uh, the summer solstice you know is such a great topic and oh, there's my dog fearless you know acknowledging why do you think the summer solstice is a great topic not only just to talk about it with the public, but like for, for Masons as well. Why? 
One thing I just want to throw in is the the one that was serving drinks. I can't remember his name right now, but he said that he um, we've been in there before, and he said he really enjoys it when we go in there because we're such an eclectic group. And he said he actually used the words we were a motley crew. He said, you know, and and yeah, it, it did go by so fast. I couldn't believe how how quickly we got to last call. And you, why why do you think the summer solstice uh, is, is such, you know, a topic? that drew interest because from what I saw that they were highly interested in wanting to talk about the summer solstice. Um, so, well, these are, for one, these are, these are prospects. They have not yet been initiated mm. right into the fraternity. So I think a, lo a lot of it is intrigue, mm. right? They're, they're there to see what lay in store. They're, they're there to see what we are willing to reveal. Mm. And in Freemasonry, I think we have like some somewhat of a notion, right, that the, the summer solstice and the winter solstice, this has to do something with Freemasonry. This had, yes. Nobody points that out to us, but there's there's some kind of connection. We just don't know what it is. So I pose the question again, you know, why do you think summer solstice and then we being Masons, what, you know, what's the draw there? And we're well, So the one group that didn't have a Master Mason when it started was the one with Shane and a couple of the, the brothers, out, I mean, a prospect, sorry, outside. And he came in and he told me what was going on. And he said, we need a master, you know, to mm -hmm. really get going. And I went out there and, and um, what they were uh, talking about was you know we're asking how does it relate and we started talking about everything is cyclical how there's beginnings how there's endings how everything is timed and it kind of just went off from there and uh and that's when i i mentioned earlier that that shane had really stepped up and kind of some people would go off on a tangent here even myself and he would bring it right back to where we were talking about mm. and uh i think because they're they're getting to understand uh, correlations between uh, astronomy, not so much astrology, but astronomy, and, uh, along with masonry and uh, the possibility of what li might lie ahead, when, what they're going to learn in their degrees. I think that's what was really captivating them. What about you, Matt? What, what, do, you, what do you think, uh, you know, is at the core of this intrigue? Yeah, there's mystery, there's, there's intrigue. But what do you think is at the core of this? I would agree uh, with everything that, that Daniel said. And, and I would just also posit this in addition to that, that um, everybody's heard the word. But like so many other words in our language, we hear the word and we think we know what it means, but we have only a vague, really, understanding of it. Right. And that's one of the things that we do uh, in the, with the Trivium discussion group is we... we take grammar apart, mm. right, and get down to its etymological roots. And, and the discovery that we've had time and time again is many of the, much of the language that we use is used incorrectly. And it's one of the things that the, the, the Trivium clarifies. So, um, so uh, the, 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 the solstice is great because, for one, it's an archaic word. So it's, mm. it's a fun word to dive into the, the etymology of right and it's it's a direct parlay right into astronomy wh which we all have interest in right mm. and uh 
It's also a direct parlay into the cycles of the year that the fraternity recognizes. Right. That we, that we go through and that we acknowledge on an, on an annual basis. So we're bringing light to this. I mean, they didn't really know this because this was, wasn't really disclosed before, but mm-hmm. there's a, the, the annual cycle is something that the fraternity is very in tuned with. Or should be, right? We should, if, we should. if they're observant, then if they're observant and observant fraternity, then they should be very much attuned to but, this, yes. Uh, attuned to this. So in connection to that, and no pun intended, what, what uh, were some of the connections being made during your discussion groups when it came to that? Because well, there, there had to have been. Yeah, uh, one of the ones that popped up with us is, uh, like, for example, we, we talked about the moon having a cycle and how it was 28 days, and I asked them, I said, what, what also that, that you can think of has a 28-day cycle because the moon's cycle affects the tidal waves that we have on our, on our planet, and, and without missing a beat, I forget who it was, it said uh, women's cycle. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so you can see how some of these things in the heavens affect things here, and then we started getting into that. We really uh, actually did a deep dive into the the heavens rotations and the different um, ages and 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 how they might possibly be seen as as um, affecting things here uh, in our in our present time and and how over over years and, and ages how they could possibly because of the, the, the rotations and, and planets representing different metals and having different metals, um, how they could possibly affect people, uh, maybe decision-making processes uh, here here on, on Earth in our material world, and uh, and it, I mean it was a, it was a pretty deep detailed discussion that that we got into, but um, it all uh, went around the the cycles and how there's a consistent ending and beginning and and, and just rebirth. And how it related to uh, John the Baptist. So, so you're telling me that that level of engagement, energy, and conversation was having even with distractions, right? Because we're, we're in a pub. Absolutely. I mean, yes. that, it, 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 that's pretty important to point out that because I had the same experience in my in my uh, you know uh, table. I was leading one of one of them. Matt was the other one, and then uh, Shane Arch. You know, we we we. Uh, we pulled a fast one on him and said, hey, we need someone to go in. Mm-hmm. And he did. <coughs> Excuse me. But the level of uh, everything, I can say, yeah, a scale of 1 to 10, it was easy in 8 to 10 every, yeah. on every single one of those points. And and the conver- they were on it. They were focused. You know, and it, uh, it, didn't, I, it didn't seem to matter. It, no. It, we, it, the space, the forum, it seemed to not matter or have any impact on the quality uh, of the discussion or the energy of the discussion at all. Well, no. the, the only reason that it came to a halt was because the restaurant upstairs stopped serving food at eight o'clock when we went, sent somebody up there <laughs> to get some. And then they had last call at eight forty-five, and we had to, yeah. you know, we had to meander somewhere else. But it, otherwise it probably would have went into another three or four hours easy. <laughs> so uh, a funny thing happened and I, I was sharing this with the guys after, you know, cause uh, uh, Matt's brother, Gregor, uh, you know, he showed up to join us. That was fucking great. That was, that was great. One of the highlights, you know, as soon as I saw him. So somehow he ends up going in my group on, for the second, you know, uh, okay. second round because we, we, we rotated everybody. So I get him. I get Chris Hogue. I think I get uh, Vince. And I can't remember who the, the fourth or fifth guy was. I think Steve Grasha was there. So I have to get up and use the men's room, right? We're drinking beer. Mm. 
and everyone was buying me beer. I don't remember how many beers I had that night, but it was quite a bit. Thank you guys uh, for <laughs> buying me beers, including you, Matt. You bought me a beer. So I say, hey, I left them on, and I can't remember what the what, what the, the particular point because now we're on the Holy Saints John the Baptist Day. I believe we're th- we're talking about that, and uh, and. Let's not forget, guys. Uh, in between this, we were having toasts. I yes. Think, I think we we had like three toasts. We had three. Yes. There were right. three toasts. Yeah. We had a three toasts, and then I think the last one we read the poem, the summer, the yes. winter, the summer mm-hmm. solstice poem. You right. know, yes, we, uh, we went back and forth, and then we all we all hailed the summer solstice. All of that just was so meaningful to me. That that was great. But going back to my story, so we're we're, we're going at it, Gregor and Chris Hogue. You know that they're they're contributing. And we're talking about the summer solstice, the Holy St. John the Baptist Day. And I said, hey, hey, okay, you guys keep the conversation going. I'll be right back. I got to go to the men's room. It didn't take two minutes. I went, took care of my business, washed my hands, come back. And the whole conversation had derailed. I mean, just they were on some <laughs> other shit. I'm like, whoa, 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 what the hell is going on here? You know, what the? No, no. Well, well, you asked a question, you know, and Chris Hogue's like, hey, we're getting into it. You know, the, it's got to be the heat. It's got to be the heat. It's got to be the sun. You know, we're, we got the energy, you know, as long as, you know, most day of the of, of the year. And, uh, okay, time out, you know. And then that's when I realized, okay, we, we need a break. We need to go and have a toast. And But uh, connections. What, what were some of the connections, Matt, in your in, in your groups that were being made as far as the summer solstice and some of the other things that you were bringing up, you know, and got, as you guided this conversation. Well, the, the, the traditional holiday and the feast, <clears throat> excuse me, that, mm-hmm. that, that was being celebrated, you know, uh, going all the way back through history was Midsummer's Eve. So I started there to, to generate relatedness and generate, generate a, uh, a general understanding uh, to, to, for this, because this is not really a ritual celebration or acknowledgement that, that we have in our society. We don't, we just don't acknowledge, um, the summer solstice. We have no traditions to celebrate, uh, Midsummer's Eve. Uh, but there are many countries and cultures still in the world, you know, <clears throat> if you were in Nor- Norway, you know, Sweden, Finland, uh, you know, Germany, uh, the British Isles, uh, you know, especially any of the Nordic, Northern European countries. This is a big event. It's a week-long party, basically. Well, there's a pre-prep. Yeah, there's a pre-prep. And and, and, then, and then you get to <clears throat> the actual celebration and then post? Or what, right, what are we talking about here? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> that also follows the, the, the sun, right? We have the sun that's say, solstice, solstitum. The sol stands, uh, sun stands still. Yes. Right? So yes. we have three days. So you have a leading in is your, your waxing day. And then leading out is your waning day. And then you have the, the, the one day of the, the, the solstice or the one day of the, the, the peak height, the median height, the median height. Uh, of the sun, right? <clears throat> so, um, so there you go. You have three again, which is a, a sacred and esoteric number, right? Uh, we, we see this twice a year. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was really hitting on uh, initially like the history of it. Uh, this is bonfire night. Right. This was uh, often a times a time of courtship, 
Mm. This was the, the, they were celebrating with the, the, the produce of the spring harvest of the spring crop. Um, they were also warding off evil spirits. They were, you know, <clears throat> blessing families and young children. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, um, <clears throat> uh, a lot of attention uh, given to uh, fertility rights, familial rights, uh, you know, good crops, you mm. know, uh, honoring a, or, or praying for a good crop and, and warding off, uh, you know, omens, things like that. And even on, on bonfire night, like a common practice was to have this huge bonfire and you go run and jump through the flames as a, as a, a ritual of, of purification through fire. Okay. Right. Right. And so now we tie this back into St. John the Baptist. He was he was using a different element. Right. To accomplish the same the same thing. Right. So I had also read that, you know, a common practice was to light wagon wheels on fire and roll them down hills uh, into water, uh, you know, and things like this. Oftentimes the fires they would light would be on hilltops, huge bonfires on hilltops, the closest place they could get to the to the, the ether, right? Right. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting traditions that we just don't have connect with or celebrate uh, or acknowledge in our in this society. Anyway, even in Latin America, there are places where where you know summer solstice is a big deal. Yeah, we just had recently in Mexicali the Fiesta del Sol, which is you know mm, the, the, the festival the, the of the festival, sun. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it over there. Over there. I oh mean, yeah, I, it would be illogical, right? The 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 pyramid of the sun and all oh, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, come on, tonight. But it's huge. I mean, it's yeah. a huge festival that goes on for the whole weekend. I think Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, I think a part of it too in those cultures is they still have the temple. The ruins are still there. Yeah. Yep. In, in Stonehenge on yeah. the summer solstice. Yeah, everyone's it, there. It, it shines yeah. right through that that those two rocks with the the one on top how much how it's cool big, must that, and, and must th- that th- be there's probably thousands of people that get there right to, uh, every year right to, to see that that phenomenon happen well you see the pictures so, they, yeah. they post the pictures up and you thousands of people are right there oh, yeah. awaiting the, yeah. the, the the rising of the sun so they want to see where it shines through yeah they, they, so there, there's some kind of spiritual i don't know what, what they're thinking but they want to be there well, I'll be very honest with both of you, and, and a lot of this is new to me, so I'm going to have a lot of great material for next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm learning a lot right now, and I, and I will tell you that, um, so my wife traveled to Mexico before we were married uh, when she was a teenager, and, and she was actually at, uh, I don't know if it was Machu Picchu, or, um, but one of the big pyramids for the summer solstice, mm. and she told me how uh, they were all gathered around thousands of people, and at mm. a certain time of the day, it looks all of a sudden like a snake is coming down the stairs. That's the main yeah. that's the main that's one. Big, that's the big that's one, the yeah. Big thing, and yeah. she got to experience that, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool, and I'd like to experience it too. So it is a big deal uh, in Latin America still. Not so much here, as you can tell that I don't know much about it, but I've uh, got some good fodder for next year. <laughs> well, the connections are there, and I think part of what's happened is that, uh, you know, us being disconnected with time and, mm. and, our, and the natural cycles of time and the seasons it does something to us. So all of a sudden, when we get introduced to something like this, that's why, you know, we, we've had a, a winter solstice, you know, yeah. big bonfire. And people seem to love it. I mean, they, when we ask them, they're like, yeah, that was great. But they really don't know why it was great. Well, I think it has to do with, like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Something, something to commemorate what is happening right now, like what we were doing on the summer solstice. That was happening. 
we were there experiencing it the, the summer solstice on that day yes so now all of a sudden it connects us and we're we're realizing how disconnected well we, we, have we were connected with it our own way i think that if there was anything that was really missing was really to be able to see it right mm. in, in some way but we don't have any temples okay. here we don't have any ruins we don't have any uh, anything where we can actually go and, and look and, and see this and witness it as, as a phenomenon, as our ancestors did, you know, so many generations ago. That, that's just not really readily accessible to us well, in, this, in this culture. So one, one thing that I'm um, picking up on, as I've started to learn that the summer solstice and the winter solstice are important days, I'm not sure why yet, but I know that they're important and I'm learning about it and... And I, I'm also noticing a correlation with masonry where we're taught all these things, just memorize it, memorize it. And now I'm starting to, to really wonder if all these things have gotten forgotten and put by the wayside, but the ritual and the practices have carried over. So it's almost like, um, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz where we've forgotten our way and we've fallen off the path, but we still have the, um, the things that we're supposed to memorize and the rituals that we're supposed to follow and people are starting to wake up and realize, okay, you know, we know this is for something, but now what is it? And starting to question, what is it that we're supposed to be doing with this information? And that's how I feel that the direction we're going in with more lodges becoming observant lodges and more and more people starting to question, you know, why are we told to memorize this? Not just memorize it and don't worry about the, the meaning, but wanting to know what the meaning is. I think that's I think why that, a, a lot of reasons, sorry, Matt. I think that's why uh, one of the biggest reasons why more and more lodges we're seeing, they're doing, they're having their uh, Holy St. John, the, the Baptist festive boards. Yeah. More and more of them are doing this and they're going all out, man. This is a seven course meal, the, the traditional toast. You better dress up. It's going to be a coat and tie. Well, traditionally, event. this was a three day feast. Y yes. It didn't well, end. It was, it was a week long event. So, with, so let's, with the, with the three days being the, the central part of that let's get into it let's get into the holy saint john the baptist day because we read in our very own constitutions that um when when the grand laws got together mm -hmm. and and held their feast it was supposed to be on holy either the holy saint john the baptist day or holy saint john the evangelist day and they were going to feast Correct. yes so here we are you know we're trying to connect these things and what does this have to do with Freemasonry? And we're not the first ones talking about this. We're not the first ones writing about this. You know, I, I think uh, all over the podcast world, the Masonic podcast world, you had uh, many of them talking about this. Yes. Yeah. So now what, what I want to ask you, uh, Matt, and then, and then we can all discuss it is, you know, what's so important about St. John the Baptist morally? Right. And, and why is it connected to Freemasonry, do you think, in, in your estimation? Uh, St. John the Baptist is an interesting character uh, to look at because he, the word I like to use is unmessable with. Like, this is not a man you're going to come at sideways in, in any way. Mm. Uh, and that because his conviction, his conviction was so strong. Uh, and it was, it was, he was resolute. He was absolute in, in what he was done, doing. And when you, when you read into the gospel, you know, the first things it says, and I, and I think this is the, a part of the reason why um, 
St. John the Baptist is one of our patron saints. It is in the very beginning, it says in the Gospel of John, it says that, uh, that he had come to testify to the light, that he was not the light, but he came to testify to it. Right, so he was, um, he caused for himself that he was a, a vessel that the light was going to move through. And, and he did this through, uh, you know, through baptism and basically a rebirthing rite, a, a, a purification rite. Um, and so, uh, so as far as the connection to Freemasonry, the word uh, light has a special meaning inside of our, our fraternity that I think that is not, it doesn't have the same meaning in our society at large. Uh, because in, in, you know, in Freemasonry, when we're, um, you know, light is, is insight or enlightenment or... Um, knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge, mm-hmm. right. Like profa- profundity, profound knowledge. So, so I think there's a, there's a special uh, a reverence for that because in this context that, that St. John, he had the knowledge. He wasn't the source of the knowledge, but, but he had the knowledge. The knowledge moved through him. The light moved through him. It worked through him. So I look at this like, like he's an agent of, and as an agent of this, he was absolute. You you were not gonna, you could not debase him. Like a conduit. He was a conduit. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I think when, yeah. So where are we going from here? Uh, well, what sources? You know, what are the sources that you used? You know, to prepare yourself that night to to be able to have any kind of conversation i mean the the questions were the questions but you yes. had to prepare in, in yes. order to, to so what what were they well i just revisited the gospel of john okay and then and then uh revisited the midsummer's eve uh, I, I come from irish heritage so you know I, I know of whispers of this but my family this was not a tradition in my my family okay. so so this is something that i had to look up and and get a little little bit more familiar with you know, the, the St. John is actually, the Gospel of John is easier to reach for than some of the uh, uh, more archaic traditions of, of Midsummer, which basically are practiced in almost every country. So uh, that leads me to my next question. Uh, were there any new connections you made during your research? You know, as you're researching this, you're getting prepared to Keystone, part of this, uh, you know, Trivium discussion group. You're gathering your sources and, and you're, you're reviewing or you're re, you know, reading new things for the first time. What, what were some of the you know, connections or illuminations that you came upon now? Like, oh, okay. You know. Well, I mean, I'll tell you mine. Yeah, that yours. Was, I want yours. Okay. Uh, was, okay, so <clears throat> the, our patron saints. St. John the Baptist, and which, uh, and, and St. John the Evangelist. We have St. John the Evangelist is representative of the Tropic of Cancer when the sun moves to its uh, mm-hmm. uh, northernmost position, 
when it, it, it's transition over the equator. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, exactly. The, the point within the circle, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so we have the, the two tropics, and that's why we, you, you'll see oftentimes in Freemasonic free imagery, you'll, you'll see the, the two saints there, you know, with, with a, a circle, usually some fashion, and you, you might see a couple of lines there, but they're, they're, they're also symbolic of the, the transition of the sun the passage of the sun over the equator through its, its annual cycle. So, um, you know, one of the things that like I connected for me as I was doing my research and I, and I was thinking, I started like going back thinking about the ritual and there was a, a the thought that I had, I was like, wow, you know, I am the sun in my life. I move around through the different houses in my life. I shed light where light needs to be shed in, in these areas of my life. And there are going to be areas in my life where I move from one tropic to another or times in my life where I move from one tropic to another. And I can't quite cast the light or the attention. Let's just call it attention. I can't cast the attention to certain areas of my life. And then also everything that we have a relationship has a birth, life and death cycle. Every, everything yes everything that we connect with touch or do has has this cycle to it so uh, i was beginning to start to reflect on that you know our journeys we're at a certain station in our journey as you know masons we're in our certain station in our journey of our life or of our relationships you know um, if you have elderly grandparents and things like that, I mean, these relationships are in the fall season, you know, uh, there, there's that, that time there's going to come a moment yeah. of separation, right? Where you can't shine light in that area, uh, anymore. You're going to have to move metaphorically move to another tropic, yeah. right? So, uh, so this was the, these are the things that were starting to come up and there, there was, I was really starting to see the ritual. <laughs> and Are, so if, if I just complete that thought, okay. Th uh, that the, uh, the light or, or the energy that we give, uh, those things that we give our energy to in our lives, those things will live and will thrive. And those things that we deny our energy and attention, our light, those things will die, whether they be relationships, tasks, uh, whatever. This is something that Richard Carlyle, in his book, The Manual of Freemasonry, in 1823, I think it came up, and, and that book was relating astronomy and, and uh, Freemasonry, and this was one of the big secrets, if not the big secret, that it withheld within the three degrees, right? And one, but well, one of the things that it was relating to was just as, just as we have to cultivate the land and give it light and water and the right uh, fertilization, so must we also cultivate the uh, the thoughts that we have constantly, okay. season after season, and we have to prune and and get and weed out the bad ones and let the good ones in and continuously focus on that so they can those can grow. And not the negative ones can grow. So it's it's in relation, it's in relationship to what you just said uh, right now, Matt. Because you know where attention uh, goes, you know uh, energy grows or, or however that goes. So 
to to round it off, I would just like to ask, uh, what are some of the insights that that were garnered uh, with your groups uh, connecting these these two topics? You know, and the Holy Saint John the Baptist, and, and you know the summer solstice. What was there anything anything, uh, Daniel, that in your group, or or was it was it still just it was just flowing and there was no real connections? It was just. Oh, it definitely was flowing and it was, you know, jumping all over the place. And uh, but uh, one of the con the connections is the basically purification, as we mentioned, and the rebirth, uh, because everybody had uh, seemed like done a little bit of studying and that's what they could uh, muster up. And, and they were looking for some of the deeper meanings, which is some of the stuff we got into with uh, the, the different cycles. But then there was a point where I, I was recognizing that if I said a little bit more i was going to kind of spill some of the 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 beans when it came to some of the stuff that that these guys could be potentially coming across in in their degrees so i and i explained to them i said you know i i, I don't want to give you too much more beyond what we're going here uh, down this one path in particular because it might ruin it for you for your degrees and the last thing you want to do is throw something out there that's too early and it's going to ruin uh their uh, process of, of, of getting their in an apprentice degree so um, but it did go all the way up to that point and the, the other thing that I remember is like we talked about uh, things being cyclical and and I had mentioned you know how I felt like maybe this was a way for um, being a, a, a conduit if you will for carrying information over over the the different um, ages and uh, that's one of the things that we discussed was that for example, the Egyptians, they put everything in stone, and, and stone is one of the things that's going to outlast, like, say, a uh, paper with ink or even a, a guitar or a CD because those are biodegradable where the stone's going to last a lot longer, and that information is passed down. Now, we have the symbolism, and we have the information, and it's taken time with the Rosetta Stone to kind of decipher what all that is. We're starting to understand what it is, and the same thing with... With masonry, I said, you know, the, that's a good example, and you can correlate that with masonry, is that some of these things that uh, for a long time people have kind of, I think, forgotten the meaning, but they've come, they're coming back to it because we've done the ritual over and over again. It's allowed it to survive, but it wasn't thriving. And now I think, in, in my personal opinion is, and this is what we were talking about with the group, is that there, we're at a time here now where it's going to start to thrive, and, and um, that's kind of been the sentiment that it's been with the the prospects and the and the applicants and the ease that we have is that they understand that um, just through all the different channels that they've been um, kind of uh, scratching through on their own on the internet and doing research and listening to different podcasts is that they're starting they're not even starting they do recognize that they are at a special time and place uh, in in where we are at not only with our lodge but society and and masonry worldwide where it's it's a really exciting time because it's not just the repetition of all the ritual but people are starting to want to know and starting to figure out what it means what it's about what are the intentions of the founders and start to really open up like the treasure chest of what masonry has to offer as a, a fraternity that teaches you certain things that go all the way back to time immemorial what about you uh well said and man yes. uh, what about you matt in, in in your group what insights were shared you know concerning uh, these two topics the the sense that i had was that it was around the the topic of uh saint john the baptist 
and because I brought my King James Bible and I and I opened it up and I and I, I read from it. Um, and so I think that a lot of on, on that portion of the night was just relatedness, right? Because they don't they're disconnected from why or, or a, a, you know, a new friend, you know, of the fraternity or a prospect is not going to have the context. Right. right. Uh, of why this this would be important. Um, and then there is also the the astronomical aspect of the importance to that as well. So he's admonished for his virtue, right? His virtue as a man. And so that was one of the things that I, I was definitely taking time to pause and, and bring attention to. His resolve is, um, and his stand that, that he made, he was, was absolute. And, and so this is also why he's admonished as, as a patron saint all, all men should be that resolute in their in their convictions what they know to be the truth we all should you know stand by it stand by it and and you know try to hold that ideal when we have uh, conversations like we had just just you know recently june 21st we're all excited all of a sudden, we're, we're being kicked out. We go to New York with NYPD Pizza. Yeah, NYPD Pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the bar got, next we door. Got, yeah. We got kicked out yeah, of the, we got we got kicked kicked out. Out of the pub. And, and the conversation continued. I mean, it, it just kept, it was raging until we finally had to say goodbye and what have you. What? But then all of a sudden, you tell me, hey, you know, I think we should get together Sunday. What, what were you thinking? Why? Oh, to do it immediately after? Yeah. Because um, we've never done that before. But, uh, you know, as soon as you told me, I said, pull the trigger, do it. Well, let's, let's see what happens. To, to have another trivium immediately after, which we never do on a Sunday, says, to put in perspective, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, it was their participation. I mean, we, we get basically booted out of, <laughs> out of the pub right there. Uh we get the boot. and then so like okay well where do we where do we go next well we can go to NYPD it's just right over there and nobody left except we, we, except the past uh, past master yeah, from it was getting uh, San late. Diego thirty five yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was getting for him but right. he, he participated a lot he brought it huh oh he yeah did. he did he did yeah no, Michael yeah, yeah. worshipful Michael. Yeah, especially in the astrology part of, of oh, that he, conversation. He, there he? was some stuff he, he was starting to bring. He was. He yeah. was dropping it, huh? Yeah. Okay. So uh, so we get kicked out, or well, not really kicked out, not literally. They, they closed, right. so they asked us to leave, and we did. Yeah. We obliged them. And, um, and they, they stayed with us. Like, that wasn't the end of the night. It was like, okay, well... Where do we go next? Yeah. That's, that's the solution. Nobody wanted to leave. Nobody wanted to right. leave. Right. Okay. So, so we go down to NYPD yeah. at nine o'clock and I think we were there for another two and a half hours. Yeah. Easily. And now only when we were there, it wasn't structured in the way that it was structured. In the now club. it's, yeah. Now it's like just every man for his own. Yeah. <laughs> every man, like it's free fire zone. Yeah. Right. I mean, so yeah. So I had several different conversations, like one-on-one -on -one conversations with several different people on several different topics around masonry. 
it fostered that. I definitely think it fostered that because it creates the the open space. I think this this environment that we've created uh, to dig into the trivium it creates this space where everybody is respected, you know, um, and every idea is is honored is honored and and entertained. Yeah, and if it's a shit idea uh, or a shit argument, you know, you're not wrong. Nobody's wrong. Right for presenting anything. So providing men a, a safe space and the, even that sounds, yeah. That, uh, in this day and age, that, yeah. that sounds like a weak thing <laughs> yeah. to say. I don't like, I don't like to say that it just strikes me wrong, just spilling off my lips. Yeah. But, but to create a, a space where, where, um, where let's figure this out together. Like let, let's get down to it because that's how it happens is together. I mean, sitting in meditation and contemplation, that's great. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a place for that. Uh, and it's definitely important. But working on these things together, there is a real magic that happens That happens there. Yeah, I was going to say the safe space was we walked into a pizza place where we ordered two pizzas that were called triple X's. We didn't realize that they were 40 inches in diameter. So we had two so 40 inch pizzas safe, huh? and, and then the, the beers weren't $10. They were, you know, more like three or $4. So I felt pretty safe there. And oh, yeah. it, it reminded me of like, you know, you've got a, you've got a uh, beehive full of honey and somebody came and just threw it on the floor and all the bees were everywhere. And, and, and it, we, uh, I mean, that place was, you know, maybe three or four people and all of a sudden it's swarming with, you know, 15 of us that walked in there and the energy was just, it, it carried over from one place to the other and it just kind of lit up. And somebody told me that um, it was the prospects, some of our new friends that had bought those pizzas. Uh, 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 that would be incorrect. <laughs> oh, no? How no. was it? Oh, Who okay. was it? Uh, it was you? Yeah, Chris and I, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. Chris is a prospect and you. Okay. Oh, I guess, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It would be a prospect. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, okay. Chris is a prospect. Uh, so thank you, Chris. And thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. And Chris, way, way to pay it forward. And thank you, Quality Window Solutions. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk about blinds for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. do our plug-in right now. Go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> Quality Window Solutions, shutters, blinds, shades, and we're happy to buy you a 40-inch triple X pizza if you're ever at Palm Springs downtown and NYPD after 9 p.m. when all the other places close. That's right. But we did talk about work for a little bit to to justify the purchase. And thank you for sponsoring that, you know, that pizza, because it it was well received, let me tell you. Yes, it was. So now now we're, uh, I I get this text, you know, from uh, Matt, and he's like, hey, do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, yeah, just do it. Pull the trigger, right? I don't know how many people, okay. But, you know, I got to do some stuff. Because now we're in the part of our year here in California where we have to begin to um, uh, send notices for suspensions for non-payment of dues and stuff like that. So, you know, I tell Matt, I'm going to be at uh, our treasurer's house, Jeff Gibson. we got to do this. And as soon as we get out, as soon as we're done, I want to go over there and, and help you begin to welcome the prospects. I get there. Matt's there. And there's already two guys there why why you guys still keep coming around what what do you guys what why are you guys here so i get my coffee i get my americano right i'm sophisticated your coffee with a k yeah americano and uh you know i put some brown sugar in there so all of a sudden other guys start showing up and more guys start showing up 
next thing you know there's 11 of us there nice and finally worshipful shows up ted parker he shows up wow and by that time we're going we're, we're going hard and we're going back on the same you know the the zodiac we're going back on astronomy we're going back on the houses of of the zodiac and these guys are just you know just eating it up and they're going we're but but the whole thing was about meditation and contemplation that that's how it started and then well, that was the first yeah, yeah first question is, yeah. is meditation contemplation yeah. what's how are they distinct? What's different? When would you use yeah. one over the other? This, th this thing was awesome, right? And Matt's, you know, Matt and I are holding it down. And, and it starts getting, you know, it's 1 o'clock. It, it's supposed to start at 1, and it did. But it's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Now we're getting hungry. And we're and by now, people should be getting tired. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they want to go home. You know what, guys? Let's continue this conversation at Babes. Who wants to go? Everybody. <laughs> so now Everybody. We, so we go to Babes and we need a table for 15 right now or as soon and, as they're available. And our That's brother, uh, the imposter. Yeah, Caesar was, Caviedes, so was he behind the yeah, bar? Yeah, yeah, no, he was eating. No, but he was, uh, he was a waiter. He had a section. And it just, it, it just uh, went by me to, to ask for him and ask for yeah. his section. You know, maybe it worked out better. You know, maybe it would have been uncomfortable. But he was there and he saw us and he came over and we took pictures. It was on my Instagram. I had Masonic muscle. Uh, but we, but the, con the, the conversation continued. It just kept going. It did. And now it's five o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock. I gotta go. I gotta go because <laughs> I gotta come, uh, come by. My, my wife's about to go to work at, uh, leaving at six and I get a call from Matt at eight. They're still there <laughs> going at it. Just still the conversation. So yeah, it so, was, uh, it was Ted, uh, myself and, and two prospects. That were kind of rounding off the evening. So I got to ask both of you. I, I got to ask both of you. What the fuck is going on with that? Well, why? I wasn't able to make it because my phone took a dump and I had to go to AT&T and spend all day fixing it because of the it's the business phone. And But I heard about it. And my opinion is we struck a chord. We struck a nerve. And this is the reverber reverberations of it. And uh, go ahead, Matt. Well, um, on that on that particular day, um, I think one of the reasons I was inspired to have another one right away is that when we got into the Zodiac, we didn't really get to really get into it. Um, and, and, and I knew that there was more meat on the on the bone to, to chew on. So. Uh, so I wanted to try to, to bring that back uh, and, and um, while it was still fresh because we had already had through St. John uh, our, our, the Baptist uh, night, you know, yeah. our, our night of celebration for that. That was brought up and some of those connections to astronomy were made, you know, and the tropics, uh, those connections were made. But I just knew that there was more there. Um, and then, you know, following that, we were, you know, what is the relevance of St. John the Baptist to Freemasonry? Why is he a patron saint and all this? And one of the things we're asked to do in Freemasonry is contemplate. You know, well, what, is that, what does that mean? You know, is that meditation? If not, how are they different? How are they distinct? Mm. And for 
those of you who might be hearing this like for the first time is there's a lot of arcane language used in in Freemasonry. And so when a lot of people come in for the first time, this is what they're this is what they're exposed to. So there is a a um, there is a uh, subtle distinction in in the language that we use amongst our brothers and and inside of our fraternity. Um, and a lot of these terms that we use, we use them with, with the arcane meaning, right? The original meaning. With, not, the, with not, the original not now. Meaning. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, and I even think a lot of these words now, they're actually just used incorrectly. Correct. It's not, it's not that, that the word is incorrect. Hmm. It's, it's used incorrectly. Correctly. Yes. Correct. Yes. Gotcha. So... <clears throat> And a lot of these things have become almost cultural norms. We have a lot of words that actually don't mean they're used in a way that are abstract from their original meaning and, and context. So, so the uh, conversation just continued. I mean, so it, I, it was I mean, it was a continuation. Yeah, it was, and yeah, it just so keeps going on the same on the same thing. You're, you're just, yeah. you, you, you guys are getting deeper and deeper and more focused and it's getting tighter and tighter. Oh well, yeah. Because I had, I had, uh, the Zodiac from the I Ching. I had the hermetic Zodiac. I had the, what we know as the Western, uh, Zodiac, you know, the point being that, that every culture, uh, has used this, this thing, right? We call it the wheel of the Zodiac, but what is it? Right. And everybody, Oh, well, often people will look at that and be like, oh, well, that's, that's astrology or, uh, you know, and, and, and get dismissed, right? And so, and, but there's also so much more there. Well, it helped it to keep time. I mean, that's one of the biggest ones. Well, and what time it was, right? Yeah. You always ask, what time is it? Well, well <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, get out the well, Zodiac. Well, that know? is my question. Uh, what time yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's... And it's a very, it, it sounds simple when you first hear it. What time is it, right? But then when you start delving into it, you, you realize how profound that question really is because we begin to realize, I don't know what time it is. Mm. I don't know. I, I, and, and why don't I know? Why don't I know that this is the summer solstice and it's important? Well, going back to something you touched on earlier, I think a part of that is that uh, our calendars, that we use. We're on the Gregorian calendar yeah. mm -hmm. right. right now. And I, and I, I, I don't have proof for this, but I do have a suspicion that one of the reasons that was put in place was to actually disconnect us from, okay. from our natural cycles. I, I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, we're, we're so far removed, you know, our, our ancient world was driven by what they saw in the night sky and that was time and and we've talked about this so many times that that's the one true clock right or right. god's clock or the calendar or whatever but if you want to know what time it is go out at night and look up that's that's what time it is right you know this thing that we call time is a fabrication actually time doesn't exist time yeah. right what we call time and i heard a physicist say and i always love this that one of these Maybe it was Michio Kaku or, or one of these guys, or, or who's the other guy, uh, the African-American gentleman? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Neil Tyson, Tyson, yeah. Uh -huh. Maybe it was one of those, but they, they said, you know, in the universe, there is no time. This is a man-made construct. In the universe, there is only succession of events. There is no time. And what's brilliant about that distinction for me is that, 
when you start thinking about succession of events, it happens when it's time for it to happen, when it's ready for it to happen. That's when it happens. That, that's what time it is. And that's not something you can put on, a, on the face of a watch or, or something like that. You know, it, it's, it's going to happen when, as God ordains it, as the universe ordains it, uh, whatever the case. And so, so we, uh, our concept of time even, right, it, especially in the Judeo-Christian view, we have a linear view of time. This is unique among cultures. Most ancient cultures had a, had a secular view of time. time. Time repeats. It's a wheel. Journey. Ooh, the wheel in the sky keeps Craig on turning. Gregor. Yeah, he's the right? one that started. Yeah. Right? So, <clears throat> Which reminds me, uh, we got to get Gregor on and we got to share, expose to the world the, his lunar theory because it's fucking awesome. Anyway, if, sorry. If, if yeah. you brothers yeah. want to breathe together yeah. and conspire, <laughs> then he, was, he would be the guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, when he hit me with it, You'll get a yeah. He, he had me reeling for days. You'll get what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> you will get an, an earful. So for shout sure. out, Gregor. For sure. Shout out to uh, you. Shout out. Yes. Yeah. So so I think that that um, I mean on the on the topic of astronomy, I, I think that the the we have a schism mm-hmm. would be my assertion. I don't have a proof for this, but it's my it is my assertion. Just in digging into this stuff, that we're we're not related to it. Right, and, and that's why it's such a mystery to explore. And it's because of all the mechanisms in our society have moved us so far away from this inherent knowledge of our ancestors. I mean, this would have been all past mouth to ear, uh, you know, father to son uh, for generations. And that's big in Freemason, right? The mouth to ear. I mean, oh, we retain well, this, tradition. this tradition. Yeah. And, and I think uh, when we begin to get exposed to that, we, we start realizing, hey, mate, wait, there's something deeper here. But then when the law doesn't, doesn't actually uh, take full advantage of that, that's when we begin to lose some of these, uh, you know, EAs and, and what have you, because we don't fully appreciate or, or um, you know, take advantage of that moment of the mouth to ear, what you just said. It, it, that's crucial. And what are we, what are we, but uh, what are we really transmitting though? Well, I would assert that the method of transmission is just as sacred as the transmission itself. Amen. All right. And uh, like this book that we're looking at right now, the sound and timing, because we, as Masons, we're told to study certain subjects. And when you get into the second degree, I don't want to spoil it for entered apprentices or applicants out there, but those all go hand in hand. And music is, is linear, but then when you get to astronomy, that's where it becomes compounded, which is, to me, is like, I, this is the easiest way for me to relate it. Learning to play rock and metal is all blues-based, and then when you go to jazz, it kind of just opens up exponentially. Mm. Mm. So um, just wanted to throw that in. Mm. Uh, well, uh, and then Pythagoras, right? Pythagoras, yes. and, and, oh, and well, you know the yeah. the uh, what is it? The forty seventh uh, problem of Euclid. Well, and then the the well, uh, and music then of the spheres, the, the tones, uh, the harmonies, the harmonics. Yeah, I think he was the the first intervals. Intervals, intervals are important. The yeah. octaves. Octaves yeah. are part of the intervals. Yeah. So we, we we're what we're touching upon also applies to the cycles of time. Yes. 
these uh well the, music the, the is four. music is time you couldn't have music without time yeah. and I, I remember my dad telling me as a kid and, and it just always tripped me out that he would tell me that uh wherever the lord went his uh archangels would go before him playing music right announcing his presence but this music was like like terrible music not not like terrible like they're horrible no it, it was it, it was uh like whoever heard it understood what was about to go down mm. the lord is coming the archangels are playing the music announcing his presence and and if you're in if you're in air if you're not plumb upright it's about to go down well music is is, is not only timing but the intervals are also a form of communication which when when you really dissect music it it's math it's it's to, which to me is is the language of god consciousness and all of it is related with, uh, along with frequency when you play a certain note you create a frequency and it affects things in this material world now when you play a triad which is three notes the combination of those three frequencies creates something different and then when you combine that with timing now it also has to be tuned to a certain frequency which is a whole another conversation you know 440 versus 432 versus mm-hmm. 528 but you talked about how uh, matt how things might have been manipulated to kind of keep us out of sync and that's where i, I agree wholeheartedly because when you take the argument of the 440 and you get in with rommel with the nazis and and the rockefellers and, and again that's a whole other conversation i understand but it is all related and you're either in tune or you're out of tune and when you're out of tune the one thing that you don't have which we talk about all the time in our rituals and in in lodges harmony you have to be in harmony for everything to kind of be in sync and if you are out of tune or out of time you're not going to have harmony and in order to be in tune you have to be tuned to the right frequency so Mm. that's my two cents I think that was more than two cents, but uh, <laughs> well, to uh, so for any musicians out there, guitar players, uh, if you're if you're playing in 440, hmm. I, I just challenge you this: go go tune your uh, instrument to 432, 432 megahertz, and play everything you know. You will hear it in a different way. This is, this is well, it, it's true. There there are actually apps that will take your music and transform it from 440 to 432 because they do affect us differently they do as a matter of fact all of the even after that transmission that transition was made to 440 mm-hmm. uh elvis roy orbison jimmy Beatles, hendrix all still played in 432 yeah. as well, well so as uh, bob they, marley but they so uh, yeah. what were, were they resisting the the change or, or did they understand or what, what are you guys saying well i know that they all died young <laughs> that's another conversation well, well okay okay they, so. they may have been but 440 is eight, right? If you want to run down the okay, the you put the the, yeah, the, num- yeah. the numerology. Four, four, four plus four, 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 four zero, yeah. plus zero do, is if eight. If you're going to do uh, numerology, if right. you're going to apply numerology, which is reductionist mathematics, right? Okay. Then then 440 is a, is a sum of of eight. 432 okay. is nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 432 is nine, which is one of the sacred numbers right and right? nikola tesla yes yes. Yeah, yeah. yes if you understand the secrets of three six and nine then you understand the secrets of of the universe so wow. when i first heard about that that was exactly what i was thinking about was i started thinking about it in terms that way and then i i tuned my guitar 
and everything I played sounded 10 times better. Yep. 10 times better. It more palatable. It hits you harder. The emotional highs and lows are more significant. Yes. Whereas 440 is, uh, it's flat. It's yes. really emotionally, it's very flat. Mm-hmm. You, you, the, the, the emotion is not conveyed in the music in the same way right. with that tuning. It's a dissonant. It is a dissonant, exactly. Which creates a disconnect. Exactly, exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, before we leave, I wanted to hit one thing uh, that, that uh, is in all Masonic rituals, and it's something we can share. And that is uh, one of the three principal tenets of Freemasonry, you know, brotherly love, relief, and truth. But I wanted to get to truth. Right? Okay. So I was talking recently with Matt and uh, something came up and, and I hit him with that, right? And Matt's like, wow, that, that's something that definitely we have to use as a definition because the, the, the ritual that we use is something that I put before you as a web, but it's a Preston web uh, combination here in California. Yeah. So when we get to truth, Freemasonry, describes it you know as, as truth truth is a divine attribute and the foundation of, of all uh, of every virtue to okay. be good to be good and true is the first virtue we are taught in masonry right then it says on this thing we contemplate and by its uh, dictates we endeavor to regulate our conduct okay hence while influenced by this principle hypocrisy and deceit are unknown among us sincerity and plain dealing distinguish us Mm. i okay so i just read that to you i want to know your take when you hear that because it's pretty straightforward right yes it it reminds me of when uh, the other part of i don't know if it's part of that or or somewhere else that i've read it but i know it's it's uh it says when when you are true when things are true you can materially you cannot err uh, that's I've, in our. I've, I've brought that yeah. up to yeah. Caesar several times. Yeah, uh, that that very point that we cannot material er, materially error, right? If we're if uh, if our heart is true. Yes. If we have truth in our heart. And so, uh, and and so, what do you? Uh, are, I mean, are you gonna? Are you done with your? You know, your, your take on that. That you, you you said this is what I think about when I hear about that. Well, so, okay, just to add to that, I, I always revert back to music because I'm so familiar with it, and I can kind of uh, approach it from that aspect. And, and when you are perfectly in tune, meaning that you're tuned uh, to 432 versus 440, and... Um, so the, that's, a, that's a truer note. Yeah, it's a truer note Okay, okay. That, that is in tune with the vibrations of the universe. Mm. And, yeah, you can argue it up and down, but... That is the frequency that when it is struck in time and you have a different sensation, there's no way to argue whether or not that's true or not true. It's just it. it, It's in the effect it has on you. Yes. Yeah. From what I'm gathering, you guys talking Mm -hmm. about It, it has definitely it hits you. Yes. Different. Because every vibration goes out into the universe and creates something. It either creates or destroys. It, it changes something. It doesn't. It's not stagnant, and that is the basis of our existence in this material world. 
So when, when you are dialed in and you're tuned in and your timing is right and you are in a state of mind where you've gone to the altar, meaning that you've altered your mm. um, approach and you are ready and you're in a meditative state, all those things come together and the um, procession of, of playing those notes can take you in. And this has happened to me personally. And I know I've mentioned this before to you mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it's it all comes together so perfectly that you feel like you're just being lifted out of the chair that you're sitting in or wherever you're standing in. And all of a sudden you feel like you're in a different realm and things are so perfect that you feel like you have just transcended physically, not just mentally, but physically. All right. And I want to hit you with, with one more question as far as truth. All right. What has been your experience so far coming here and, and, and working out with us in the, in the dungeon? So, uh, yeah, that, that has really been a life-changing experience for me. Um, I wish I would have learned 20 years ago what a difference it, it would have made to use free weights and to kind of create a, not only a ritual out of it, but a habit out of it. Because mm. not only am I losing weight and becoming healthier, you know, I just turned 48. And uh, hey, hey. for the first time in 20 years, you know, I'm under 300 pounds. Um, what? <laughs> and, uh, and... And fluffy, (laughs) but I feel great. And it has made me not just uh, physically, but mentally, it's created a change in me that, you know, you have to have form, you have to have consistency, you have to uh, pay attention to what you're doing. You you can't be what we call hot dogging or or ego lifting because you will hurt yourself. And, and I did hurt myself and I I wasn't ego lifting. I just, you know, I, I know exactly what happened. I got a my wife got me a new weight bench and I had some weights and I was at home and I got all excited and I tried out too much stuff and I wasn't here with the guys to check my form. And next thing you know, my long head, uh, my bicep, the long head. Your long is, head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it does happen. But um, yeah, it, it has been transforming for me. I mean, uh, it's the, probably the healthiest I've ever felt in my life. And, and even for the first, I would say eight months, I didn't change anything in my diet. It was all weights and consistency and listening to you know for me the elders or even your sons who have been working out longer than i have and who are way younger than me uh were, were teaching me things and watching my form and throwing suggestions and and um and i would take the suggestions and i would try them at home and mm. and implement them into my uh, weekly routine but uh it, it is it has really become addictive for me in a, in a very good sense and uh i think that um even if you just take three months, like you said, you'd be surprised with the results that you get. And, and I really was, you know, and, and it's something that I try to encourage other people now, especially I've got friends that haven't uh, worked out for a while and say they want to lose weight and they're talking about dieting or walking. So you got to try free weights. You got to just give it a shot and give it three months because man, put in the work, it put in the work. And the one thing that I'll, <laughs> I'll always, I'll always, always thank Caesar for is that, the one thing I kept hearing over and over again in the podcast was in the beginning was that nobody can do the lifting for you. And that has stuck with me. And that's kind of what got me over here is that I would think about the working out, but nobody could do this lifting for me. And I had to come and do it myself. And I did. And man, what, what a difference it has made in my life. All right. Thank you, Daniel, for that. Now, my pleasure. Now, Matt. Yes. I'm going to read this to you and I want you to tell me what, 
comes to mind. All right? Yes. So, truth is a divine attribute and the foundation of every virtue. To be good and true is the first lesson we are taught in masonry. On this theme we contemplate and by its dictates endeavor to regulate our conduct. Hence, while influenced by this principle, hypocrisy and deceit are unknown among us. Sincerity and plain dealing distinguish us. Brothers and friends, truth is an eye of the needle that you must pass through. If on your journey in masonry, if it's been comfortable and easy, you're not passing through the eye of the needle. You're not doing the work, brother, straight up. Can you, you know, can you reach down and grab your balls and pull your heart out of your chest and lay yourself bare in front of your brothers? Are, are, you, are you the brother that goes off and hides when, when shit goes awry in your life? Are you the guy that doesn't ask for relief? I've been that guy, you know? And uh, so <clears throat> truth being the foundation of every virtue, that, that's where we have to start, straight dealing. Straight dealing. First with yourself. Be responsible for the asshole that you are. Start there. Uh, and then from there, just, just branch out into, into every area and every aspect that you're doing. This, this, this is a lofty virtue, and I would assert that it's, it's a virtue you, you will, we will never stop reaching for. And that's, that's what we do in the trivium. I mean, we're reaching for truth. Sometimes we get to a consensus, and so many times we have not. We, we just we arrive at the same place we started. We, we don't know. We, we've exhausted uh, the resource that we have to explore any farther. So, so uh, being honest with yourself, being honest with your, with your brothers, being honest with your family, being straight, straight dealing. Um, uh, this is critical for the, the, the proper functioning of any relationship, uh, any family, uh, any uh, any endeavor that that we seek to, you know, place ourselves into, we really have to we really have to start there. So I would just assert again that that uh, that we have to pass through the eye of the needle to do this. If if you're not getting squeezed, you're not doing the work. It's just simple as that. Yeah, and. We, we've all been through the uh, uncomfortableness of what it takes to be a Mason uh, when we first get interrogated and then we get taken into the preparation room. Yes. Uh, I think uh, where we go wrong, part, part of where we go wrong is that we, many, mem many lodges and members have succumbed to the, oh, brother, you know, a as he's, as he's being asked to do certain things, members are going out of their way to trying to make them feel comfortable when that's not what it's about. This is about, this is, it's, it's about to go down. This is what has to happen. And we're about to initiate you into getting comfortable being uncomfortable all the time because yep. this is where you begin to grow. That's right. There's a, this actually reminded me of a really great story, one that, that it kind of inspires me. And I think it's, I, I may be, uh, I may misspeak here. 
but okay. I, I think it was Theodoric. He was one of the barbarian emperors at the end of Rome. And uh, the barbarians were, they knew they needed leadership. And they went to Theodoric and they asked him. It was either Theodoric or, or the one, uh, the guy after him. I'll find that and I'll give it to you so you can post it. But mm-hmm. so they asked him, they're like, hey, we need you to run this. We, we need you. You're the guy. And he said, no, I, I don't want this. Much like George Washington, right? He's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is not my, it's not my passion. I don't want to do this. So his brothers, they went back to him again, only this time swords drawn. And at the point of a sword, they told their brother, no, you're the guy. You're the guy to do this. You're the one. And, and he sat in his chair for 12 years after that. Right. That level of integrity. Right. To to do a job and and see it through, Mm. even when it's not what you want to do, but your community is telling you you're the one to lead us. There's something inspiring in that story to me that that the resolve of these brothers was hey you're the guy and if you don't take this man we're just we're gonna take your life like that's we need you like yeah yeah we we need you at a higher station we need you and the reason i bring that up is i see that as being no different in what we're asked of each other as brothers explain well um you know, if, you're, if your brethren come to you and they say, you know, they need you, we, a part of what makes us brothers is that we have given ourselves to something greater than ourselves. And if, if you can't get out of your own way enough to do what you said you were going to do, um, then that is a problem. And, and it does create a problem in the fraternity. Selfless service is a part of what we do. This selfless service that we owe and that we give to our brothers, right? I mean, we admonish charity, right? As a part of a, you know, something sacred within our fraternal order. And so um, being able to lay ourselves bare, even with a, it's a request or even a demand, you know, lay yourself bare. Or if it's, if it's a, a, you know, taking onus over an error, uh, and laying yourself bare, uh, being vulnerable, mm. right? And I think men in our society today are, are not willing to do that. As a Mason, you're practically required to do that. It, I mean, in your charge and in your obligation and in your relations with your brothers, it's it's there. It's there that, uh, you know, and, and going back to, St. John the Baptist, humility, hmm. right? This is an, another reason why he's admonished as one of our patron saints is being, can you get over yourself enough, you know, to really be forthright and honest? Can you get out of your head and out of your heart and out of your own way to just deal to us straight so that we can actually move forward, move forward and get this done and, and, and get something done yeah. and get, and get back to the things that are really important and, and the things that really matter. Because everybody fucks up, 
right? To, to error is human, to forgive is divine, right? To, to give as before the offense was made is divine. Or as Dan Pena says, if you're going to fail, fail fast and fail often so you can get to the success. Yep. So there again, yep. there's the eye of the needle, right? Yep. That, that's, and I, I definitely take this on myself that in the way that I practice masonry, that I, I'm called to the best version and form of myself, not just for my family or for, for my community, but to provide that for my fraternity, right? That's, that's the man I need to be. That's the man that you expect me to show up as. That means I have to have my affairs in order, right? I have to have integrity in my life. I have to shine sun, shine light on, on all of those things that make my life work such that I can be available to participate and provide for my brothers, to give relief for my brothers, to, to give brotherly love uh, to my brothers. And that goes to the same to our, to our friends, right? I refer to our prospects as friends. These are our, our, our new friends. We're getting to know these men. Right. Right. They're not brothers yet. Right. Um, but they are, they have, you know, they have become our friends. We do have, we do have common ground and we do have affinity. Right. You know, with, with many of them. And the more they hang around, the, the more affinity that we have. So, so that's, so for you, uh, the friends of ours that are listening to, uh, listening to this, pass through the eye of the needle. This is the way. The way out is through. And, and when Valley was clear, the decisions are easy, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you have high benchmarks and expectations, great things happen. It, this is the way. This is the way it works. It, it's there is no uh, shortcut. And Freemasonry has been saying that through and through through the through the uh, three degrees the whole time. But uh, somehow, for whatever reason, we've gotten away from that. And. Now, uh, as the tide is beginning to turn, and here in California, you know, we're, we're down to 40,000 Masons, mm. and, and we still haven't stopped the bleeding. I don't care what anybody tells me. Uh, we're, we're here at Palm Springs Lodge holding it down. You, you know, we, we, we have found, here in Palm Springs Lodge, we have found the hot gates. Well, the Palm Springs uh, is thriving. Uh, you know, we have found the hot gates, and we have bottlenecked this thing. And even with that, it's, yeah. it's quality over quantity for us. Yeah. And, and so we're, we are not relenting. We are not bowing down to uh, social pressures or anything like that. We are holding ourselves and the fraternity to, to what it's saying it, we're supposed to be we doing. We're, uh, we're supposed to be doing at Lodge and as an individual Masons, like what you were just saying, Matt. So... With that, I want to wrap this this session up with uh, I want to you know gratitude, and I want to start with Daniel. You know, what are you grateful for today, uh, Daniel? And uh, if you have any last words for our Masonic brothers out there listening, yeah, and even prospects. So I'm 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 grateful for the uh, the vacation I'm about to embark on tomorrow morning. Yeah, so I can go home and pack and, and, and uh, recharge nice. batteries because yeah. it's been a whole year since uh, we've taken a break. My wife and I have a small business and we bust yeah. our asses. And So uh, where, where are we going? We're going to Oceanside. Well, we're going to Oceanside. Yeah, you guys are welcome yes. to come along, bring that yes. tequila with you. Yeah. And uh, we'll just uh, tan our buns and, you know, get some good eat and some good drink and some good sun, vitamin D. 
and uh, nice uh, five five days of just relaxing and then get back at it. But uh, I'm very grateful for that. I'm I'm grateful that I um, am in a position where I can bust my ass, but then take off the time when when we need to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also grateful for uh, being part of this. Uh, what I tell everybody is a unicorn in Freemasonry, uh, where we are. Um, on our way to becoming an observant lodge, and we are also practicing what I believe are the true intentions of the founders of Freemasonry, and uh, and, it, and it's it's for me, it's a big part of my life, and it's awesome, and I love participating in it, and I love uh, helping some of the uh, the newer uh, prospects through apprentice, you know, go, go up the chain and 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 learn some of the things that I've been blessed to learn and experience. And uh, that's what I'm grateful for. Matt? I think one of the things I'm, I'm most grateful for is that, at least in this moment, is that what started so long ago as an idea plucked from the quarry <coughs> as just an idea is now visible on the horizon. It's, it's yes. now within reach, right? Uh, and so gratitude to all those that, that, that contributed effort to now make this actually an attainable, an attainable goal. <clears throat> We're almost there. So, um, so I'm really grateful for that. And I'm really grateful for my to, to have the opportunity to participate in it. Um, uh, part of the light we seek comes from doing the work that we do, the selfless work that we do. So brothers, hew an ashler, pick an ashler from the quarry and, and hew it and, and make it ready Make it a ready Ashler worthy of being placed in your temple, whatever that is. Here at Palm Springs, we've, we're, uh, we have many Ashlers going. You know, the Trivium Discussion Group just being one of them. But this is now, this is now a, a, a stone that has been crafted well enough yeah. that, that it now has a, a worthy place uh, in, our, in our temple. And it will be one of the the standing stones uh, of our temple. So I'm really grateful to be um, <clears throat> involved in that and, and to see the fru- fruition of that. Because again, this, this is how <clears throat> I came into masonry mm. and this is the, the, uh, the first time we met, the, the first conversation that we had mm. was around the seven liberal arts and, and sciences. And, and so this uh, what impassioned me instantly from from the very beginning um so to see this now actually really beginning to to blossom uh to me is something is something very special and i think that the 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 men that that were generating from it you know we're just getting better better men they're they're being called to greater things and even us even us because now when we inculcate these tools right and now 
we're not just using, you know, the, the trivium as a, as a, a little thing we do off to the side. No, this is, it's become a part of our lives. It, mm -hmm. It's, it's in everything that we do. It's in, uh, everything that we say it's in our, it's in our practice of the craft. Um, and just, I love how palpable that is, mm -hmm. you know, when I, especially when I, when I sit here with you gentlemen, uh, I can just feel it. I feel it in the air. And I think that's a part of the, the thing that gives us our affinity, you know, to each other is the way that the, um, you know, the trivium gives you the tools to just cut through the bullshit and, and get to the stuff that really matters. Nobody really cares that you're an asshole. We're all assholes. We already know that. We already know that. What do you really have to say? What, what do you, you have to contribute as an asshole? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? So, so let's love each other like as much as we love our dogs. Mm. Right? This is brotherly love. Mm. Let, me, let me break this down. Yeah. Brotherly love is the way you love your dog. The way you love another human being, if a human being shits on your floor, you're going to cast that motherfucker out. You're going to hold him to account for 10 years. Right? You're never going to, every time he turns around, hey, you shit on my floor, you mug, you fuck. Right? But your yeah. dog shits on the floor, you're over that shit the next day. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Or, or pun intended, right? Yeah. So we actually love our animals better than we love each other we will forgive our animals yeah. faster right right then we will then we will forgive these people that have been in our life for years yeah right so we actually love our animals in in a more pure way when we love each other we put conditions on it mm. mm -hmm. sit with mm. that sit with that you, you put conditions wow. on everybody you love unless you love them as much as you love your dog if, if the person you love in your life, if they can go shit on the floor and the next day you're over it, yeah, you really love them. You're, you're in deep. You're in deep. I'm going to test Caesar's love this weekend. Okay. I'm going to test it right now. <laughs> Watch this. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. As I'm looking at Fearless, you know, and you guys, yeah, thanks. And um, I'm grateful that you guys were here. I'm grateful that you, uh, Daniel, you stopped by. Uh, that actually worked out perfect. That was great. It was you know, great. And uh, you uh, joined us, participated with us, uh, because uh, you have uh, actually were there from you know the beginning at Palm Springs Lodge when we went back. And uh, I forgot when exactly you joined us at Palm Springs Lodge, and you know you saw what we were doing. You went away for a little while, then you came back again, and now here we are. And we're still doing it, you yes. know, and so, and we all know, we all know that uh, um, uh, we're, we're eventually we're going to make mistakes. We all know that eventually we're, we're going to, you know, fall down. But just like Dan Pena said, and we, and we adopted that without even uh, knowing that it, it keep getting back up. Yep. Fail, fail fast. Hurry up. Fail, fail fast. Because then we can get to the to the meat of this thing, and now we can finally start doing what we're supposed to be doing. That's right. And get over ourselves. That's right. Get over ourselves, right? But I challenge you, brothers, whoever you are out there listening, get over yourselves. Come back. Um, help out wherever you can. 
ask what needs to be done, figure out what you want to do. And if that lodge isn't a fit for you, go to another lodge and see what they're about. See if, if you can be of value, you know, and if you can't bring value to that lodge and you're going to be a problem, then leave, you know, and, uh, and know that there's nothing against you. It's just that every lodge is different. Every single lodge is different yeah. and has its own DNA. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for the material you guys brought. I'm, I'm grateful for the uh, experience and insights you brought. And I'm grateful that you guys, both of you here, were, were uh, with us at the summer solstice celebration. That was mm-hmm. awesome. That was yes, fun. it was. You know, I mean, uh, uh, to me, I was like, geez, this is what the fuck are we going to do with all these guys? Like, geez. But <laughs> they, they obviously they want it. They were there and they were about it. And I was I saw it with my own eyes. And I'm grateful that you guys helped to bring that, you know, to to fruition. And we're probably going to have more uh, of those as time goes on. And we're just going to keep getting better and stronger, knowing knowing that, you know, we have more challenges coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud to be part of this movement. And I want to say no matter where you are, there's some Masonic muscle out there. So get you some. If it's not at your lodge, go look at another lodge. Check us out on Instagram. Well, check Caesar out on Instagram, Masonic Muscle on Instagram. And check out what we're uh, doing, what we're working on. Hell yeah. And with that, we leave you now. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry, feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue, endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding, effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom. So get out there and start doing some push-ups. Somebody start working out. <laughs>